You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. And that means, Tom, that you know we thought a week ago at this time, a lot of things would have maybe changed about the Cowboys' circumstances. Well, since then, the head coach still in his seat. And Dak Prescott not going anywhere, at least not anytime soon. Dan Quinn hasn't been hired by anybody as of yet, as of this recording, and it doesn't appear that he is the front runner at this moment for any particular job after the Titans wound up hiring Bengals offense coordinator Brian Callahan. So that leads me to believe you are favored to win our prediction game as far as what happens with the coaching staff, because I was pretty confident that I think we'd see one of these guys gone and Tom, I have to give you your flowers, sir, because you were pretty confident that Dan Quinn might be back after all. Yeah, uh, I, I now I will say I I am intrigued by some of the rumors flirting around about some kind of a package deal for him with the Seahawks, where he would go in as the head coach, and our old friend Chip Kelly would come back to the NFL as the offensive coordinator. Uh don't know how valid that was, uh, but it's something that's been bouncing around up in the Pacific Northwest for a little while, as in a few weeks now, that apparently there's some thought that there may be uh, something there. I don't know. I, I, I think it's still more likely that Quinn winds up getting hired away than not, but you know, it's, you know, we may be talking like a 60% thing. So it doesn't necessarily go, have to go that way. And yeah, that could, that could imp- actually impact some of the free agent decisions that we might get into in a little bit. Well, speaking of that, right, we are looking forward to the 2024 season. That's what we do around here. We don't waste any time. Now, we will have time to get to the draft. We'll evaluate some players, as Tom and I will, right? We're not huge draft Knicks, but in general, we like to kind of stay with the roster as is, what's available in the NFL that the Cowboys can improve upon. And at the moment, the Cowboys look like they could have a lot of holes to fill. So let's take a look at the players who are anticipated, well, not anticipated, who will become free agents here in a couple of weeks' time, and Mm -hmm. whether or not the Cowboys can realistically keep these guys in tow, who they might have to replace, and how much they'll actually be able to. And remember, this is the first phase in the player acquisition business because after they become free agents – the actual free agency period is still, you know, a month and a half, something away. 
uh, at the start of the league year. Uh, it actually starts with the uh, uh, legal tampering period, as it's now called. Um, but it's basically mean- just the start of free agency these days. Let's not yeah. like get it twisted. We get all yeah. the news. By the time free agency starts, we've heard all the big signings already. Yeah, but the in the meantime, teams can re-sign their own free agents. They're able to, to bring them in. And the Cowboys have historically done a lot of that. And as you said, we've got some problems right now if you look at the roster. Uh, because uh, let's just start with some names and we'll give you, we'll try to go through most of these guys, but let's start with the starters from last year who are now set to enter free agency. And the biggest one in many ways is also the most complicated. I think it is a Cowboys fixture. You know, we're talking about it in the end of an era. Tyron Smith is going to be a free agent. And for those that don't remember, back in 2014, he signed an eight-year contract extension, uh, which was a dying thing. And it turned out to be mostly a very good deal for the Cowboys because while the cost of left tackles kept going up, they had him locked in. Countering that, he missed a lot of time with injury. He's been plagued by injuries uh, since 2016. Although last year was actually one of his better years. He only missed four games, started 13 games, and oh, by the way, was named second team All-Pro. That's awfully good performance that they now suddenly have to worry about. Does Tyron Smith want to come back, though? 13 seasons in the NFL. That's a lot of wear and tear. And while he was in pretty good shape uh, for this past season, actually you have to say he was in very good shape given how well he played when he wasn't dealing with the latest little nick up thing. How, you know, how many more times does he want to go there? Some guys just love it. Some of them just want to go back, but he could be announcing his retirement anytime. So that's the first question. If he doesn't want to retire, if he's open to coming back, how much is it going to cost? I mean, left tackles aren't cheap. Even guys that are, you know, really riding into the sunset of their career. Uh, but if you don't try to bring him back, what else do you have? I mean, you'd think, well, maybe Chuma Douglas. Oops, guess what? He's also a free agent, so, you know, they'd have to re-sign him. Uh, you know, Matt, well, let's go. He hasn't done anything. Uh, is Josh Ball even going to be with the team? I don't know why they'd even want to keep him. Uh, so, you know, it's, so, okay, do you sign a veteran? Okay, if you get a decent veteran left tax, tackle, that's going to have a price tag, and it's not going to be cheap. Do you gamble on drafting a left tackle? What I kind of feel like I kind of feel like on that one, Tom. If he wants to come back, I got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Now, Tyron, to his credit, he has shown a propensity to give a hometown discount to the Cowboys. As you mentioned, he got underpaid. He knew he got underpaid, 
and he was okay with it because he's lived in Dallas his entire professional career. He loves it here, and he has no interest in wanting to go play in another city. So that, I think, does play into their favor. The Cowboys do have this team aura, organizational aura that exists. I believe it that can lure guys like this to stay and play for less than what they're worth simply because of what comes with it. Now, you might argue that, hey, it's what comes with it that's holding this team back mm-hmm. for the last 30 years. And I think Troy Aikman made that point this week, mm. kind of basically saying that, like, it's an incredible life to be a Dallas Cowboy, and it possibly makes you lose your edge. Right, yeah. it dulls you a little bit because hey, like even when you lose, life ain't that bad. Look around, okay. Yeah. But for in Tyron's case, if he wants to play, Tom, I am signing up to make it happen. And I know that I think I think we could get it worked out to where we pay him less than what he should be paid, and that he's okay with it. And yeah, I know that's probably not fair to ask of him. But he's done it willingly. He's happy with the money he's made. If we can make it work, let's do the deal. I will go so far as to argue that he may be worth market value just because of the entirety of the situation. The only thing that really argues against that is the fact that you just kind of expect that he's going to at some point have to go on you know the injured list uh for a few games so yeah that's complicated but i i i think if everything falls into place uh yeah they should certainly make the effort and he should be one of their primary targets to bring back uh you know once they get the whole contract or the cap situation worked out which i understand they're already uh planning on making the uh pulling the levers for Zach Martin. Uh, Identifying the levers that they want to pull. They got a whole wall full of levers right now in in Frisco. And Jerry's tugging on each one of those going, okay, this one here, this one here. Which one of these do we want to pull? Okay. Uh, Since we're talking about starters, I'm going to go to one that – Plays, plays the game just one person over, you know, just down a spot, you know, with one guy in between them. Tyler Biotish is a free agent, and a lot of people might not have been thinking about that. But this guy's been the starting center, uh, you know, basically since he got here. Uh, and he's not a guy with the accolades of five-time All-Pro Tyron Smith, a guy who's arguably a future Hall of Famer. Uh, I think he is. Definitely. But Beata, uh, Tyler, Tyron Smith is. To, to me, definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, sorry to break it down. Yeah, yeah but uh, Biotish, uh has been serviceable at worst. He's had some times he's looked very good. I Brock Hoffman seemed to be filling in okay for him sometimes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what's it going to cost you to keep a center? Centers are cheaper. 
Uh, what's the market? Keeper in the draft there? too. Yeah, uh, I haven't really looked at it, but I'm hearing some names getting kicked around. They might want to go. Uh, then it, you know, it becomes the whole thing of, well, how many rookies do you want to go with on the line? How much risk do you want to take? Who do you have? What do you have for your fallback plan? Um, but Biotis is a guy that I think they should think about trying to bring back. And it, it may play into what they what happens with Tyron. This may be of, okay, we got to see what happens with the first domino before we push this one. Uh, I would not be averse to them bringing him back. Again, we may be talking price tag and stuff. But, you know, I, I think they should look, should certainly think about whether he's got a place on this team going forward. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. No, well said. I mean, for me... If Biotish stays or goes, I feel like I could live with it. I, I feel like that's a position that, I mean, if he does wind up getting paid more, because I'm going to have a ceiling as to what I'm willing to pay him. I'm not going to make him the highest paid center in the league, you know, and he'll be amongst the higher paid offensive linemen. I think this offseason that he did get voted to a couple of Pro Bowls. Am I incorrect on that? I think he has at least one. Yeah. Brandon, I know. Yeah, I, I think know Pro was... Bowls are like BS, especially that position, because when you're the Cowboys center and the line is halfway decent, everybody knows your name. And therefore, it probably punctures his name up a little bit. But again, I'll put a ceiling there on Tyler Biotish. And if he goes, I'll make doing the draft because I might be looking in the draft for that position anyway, even mm-hmm. if I resign him, knowing that. I've got to get a youth movement going on this offensive line a little bit, Tom. Yeah, you got to. We talk about Tyron, but at what point does Zach go? And the day that Zach goes and they don't have a plan behind it, 
you might as well blow the whole offense up if that's ever the case. Yeah, uh, that's – I'm not too sure, but, you know, they, they may think they're growing something behind him. I, I, I'm not – like I said, uh, that's getting way into the weeds. But, yeah, Biotis, he may he may be a coin flip if you come down to it. It's kind of – like I said, it depends kind of on how everything else stacks up. And, yeah, if they do get Tyron back, then I'd be a lot more comfortable with going with a rookie at centers because you're really, you know, then you got one guy on the line. And it's just, it's just, you know, a lot of moving parts here. The the next guy uh, is Tony Pollard, who's played on the tag last year. Um, Yeah. He is, you know, kind of in the situation Dalton Schultz was. And remember they let Dalton Schultz go after playing on the tag which kind of worked out for both of them because the Cowboys had Jake Ferguson to send and Dalton Schultz did very well down the interstate uh, with the Houston Texans. Got to go further in the playoffs than the Cowboys did. Uh, So, you know, there's that. Now, Pollard on the tag was probably overpaid. But if you look at the expected value, if they were to resign him, I mean, he was the 12th gained the 12th most yards as a running back in the NFL. Uh, So he's probably be worth a market value type contract maybe, but he's also playing what's generally felt to be the most replaceable position in the NFL running back. Uh, Do you have a number when you say market value for that position? Do you have a number there? Because, I mean, for yeah, running spot. backs, right? Like, if market value is like high market value, where guys are making like twelve to fifteen a year, then no, 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 no. Spot Sayonara. Rack. Spot rack has it at six point six per year. Okay. Uh, ugh. I still feel like that's a little high, Tom. Yeah. For me, I think I could go like five and a half with you know some guarantees in the, like five and a half per at two or three years with some guarantees in there. Uh, that bump it up, maybe a guarantee of like eight to ten. I yeah. feel like you could get more than that on the open market, though. That's just what I would be willing to give as a Cowboys. Yeah, I just i I honestly think he may be one of the last decisions they make because they see what else they've got, how much money they have. Uh, if he goes, I'm not. It's not going to break my heart. Yeah, at all. Uh, well, just, for running backs, yeah, and that kind of works in against one another, right? Because if he is mm. the last decisions the Cowboys want to make, well, for running backs, like you better get signed quick. Because if you don't take your money when it's offered to you and you let someone else take it, you are losing money by the day as a running back that you don't sign. Because you do not yeah. want to be the last man standing thinking you're good enough and no one has any room or thinking like, we're just going to fill it in the draft because we don't like the price tag. Yeah, but um, the thing is, that that's where the uh, the period between the end of the season and the start of free agency works for Pollard too, because the pressure's off of him until free agency actually opens. Absolutely, so, I'm okay but, though if he if he's out. If he's out, I mean, if he's out or in, I got to get a I got to get a running back in this year's draft anyway in the fourth yeah. or fifth. I think I think so, especially because Rico Dowdle is a restricted free agent. They've got control over him, uh, so. He's also their kind of insurance. If they decide to let Pollard go, they just do the tender with 
with Dowdle, they got him. And I don't think they lose very much, if anything. Now, the next guy, Stefan Gilmore, uh, was a great ad when they traded for him. Uh, played extremely well up until he got, I think he had a torn labrum was what it was, what his injury was, uh, affected him, uh, in the disaster against green Bay. Uh, hardly can say that was the reason they wound up doing so badly in that game. It just didn't help. So he's coming off of an injury, 33 years old. You think he's a one year hired gun that they're just going to wish well on his way down the road. Cause that's kind of where I see this going. Probably, probably yeah. because of the return of digs, the emergence of Duran bland, you mm-hmm. feel like you have a bona fide one, two, possibly one, a one B type of circumstance in your secondary. Stefan Gilmore may still get paid if he's interested in coming back. He's just going to get paid more than I think what the Cowboys, you know, will need his services to be. We'll need from a cornerback signing, right? Assuming those guys are healthy going into the season, fingers crossed, you could find one in the draft that, you know, could potentially be a steal in the late rounds as they found Deron Bland. Or you could find one in free agency that's more palatable to the wallet than Stefan Gilmore will be. So I agree with you. I think I think he's gone. Now, they still need a third cornerback, of course. And it just so happens there's another free agent to think about, Jordan Lewis. If you're going to let Gilmore walk, I'd say that Lewis goes very high on your list of priorities to bring back. Because he has played very well last year, I think. Um, He's always been kind of an undervalued guy in the secondary. And I feel a lot better if they have the whole Diggs, Bland, Lewis trio back this year than if they just are going with, you know, Diggs, Bland, fill in the blank. So right now I'd say I'm leaning towards Lewis being a value piece. Um, And... You know, cornerbacks can be expensive. Uh, you know, he only cost him four and a half million last year. I think that would go up considerably to bring him back in. A starting cornerback, even if he's your nickel, is is not a cheap commodity in the NFL. Agreed. Mm. Okay. That one I'm gonna I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna hold tight on Jordan Lewis. I gotta find out what that cost is. I don't know yeah. if I'm willing to pay over six for that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and I don't, I'll admit, I don't know what the market value is for corners, but I, you know, I, I really don't know that they should, should be willing to let him go real easily. Now, if it costs 10 to bring him back, I mean, that, that could be like a $10 million signing for you. Yeah. Are you paying that? Jordan Mm -hmm. Lewis? I know. I haven't, like I said, I don't have a feel for what the uh, draft uh, class is like corners. And if you don't sign him and you try to go with an outside free agent, it's going to cost you just as much. And they don't really have anything 
on the roster right now to to step up and and replace him. I just don't see that happening. There's there's another guy in the defense too that's a free agent that's been a really big part of the defense. That's J. Ron Curse. Hmm. Now, Curse is another guy with the you know he's almost thirty, uh, so he's getting some some NFL years on him. And there's a real kind of extra factor to be involved, and that's. If Dan Quinn's back, I think they're much more interested in him than if he's not. Because this isn't the extra factor. This is the only factor that's involved. <laughs> this is the only factor that matters for J. Ron Curse because Dan Quinn has been the only individual that has been able to make J. Ron Curse into a more than serviceable option. Um, yeah. Would he still see him that way if Dan Quinn were to return? Maybe he would. I, but again, that is what his return to Dallas depends on. That is to say, J. Ron Curse. If Dan Quinn doesn't come back, J. Ron Curse is not coming back either. Yeah, I think I think we can pretty safely handcuff that. You know, um, the, I I think you you've kind of nailed it. Now, the 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 talk is that that. If Quinn goes, they're going to promote from within. Uh, I've heard Al Harris and Joe Witt, Witt's names kicked around, uh, maybe even Alan Berger. Uh, I would lean towards Witt, I think. I've, I've heard things about Harris that he's not really into the whole scheme stuff, which kind of would be an automatic disqualifier for yeah. the defensive coordinator. But assuming they promote from within, how much of Quinn's – Game, are they going to want to try to replicate or are they going to really want to try to look at something different? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think a big part of that just is determined by the personnel. We all agree now in reflection on the season that Clint's scheme was in part due to the fact that their personnel forced his hand. Mm -hmm. They didn't have – but two linebackers officially like on the roster by the end of the season. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean that, so if they fix that personnel issue, I would anticipate the scheme looks similar where, whether it's Quinn or uh, Wit. And for now, I'm not, I'm not overly focused on it or concerned mm -hmm. about either. I'm last week. I thought it was a definite that Quinn's gone. You think it's 60% that he, goes still right you still think it's more likely that he goes than he stays yeah right? but there's it's just like to me he's getting a lot of second interviews the problem is there's multiple teams that are doing multiple second interviews so they're not tipping their hands i, I mean i think uh, it's a coin flip simply because he's a defensive guy coaches new owners they're enamored with offense in today's NFL and it's really difficult to I think cut through the noise as a defensive coordinator mm. when there's just so much focus on offense these yeah. days um, I saw a fascinating stat on that front actually that I think you would find interesting after the signing of Brian Callahan to the Tennessee Titans all 32 teams have changed their offensive coordinator position at some point 
since 2022. <laughs> in a, the last two years, every single team yeah. had a different offensive coordinator than they do right now. It's amazing that that offenses are doing well, and I'm, it's kind of be interesting to look at how many of those are teams coached by an offensive their head coach is an offensive guy, offense guy. So. Yeah, because it's a lot harder if you're a defense-minded head coach to switch out the offensive coordinator, I think. But uh, I agree. The offensive mind, man, that's so funny that you say the offensive head coach, they have a buffer. They have a Mm -hmm. buffer in the coordinator to where if things go wrong offensively, Kellen was the problem. The offensive coordinator was the problem. I'll come in and take the reins. Conversely, right, if they're calling the plays and they're an offensive coach, they can – pull it back and say, well, hey, I need someone else to come call the plays so I can focus on the overall picture. It's an automatic <laughs> buffer that doesn't exist for defensive coaches. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, now, that there's one other technically he's a starter uh, on the uh, the list, and he doesn't matter. It's it's Trent Seed, the long snapper. Ooh, and the cap- doesn't matter and- until he does, Tom. Yeah, but I'm saying on the roster – uh, you know, the Cowboys, if they want to keep him, they'll resign him uh, if he wants to stay because he gets paid vet minimum. So that's that's the life of a lone snapper. And if you think about it, go out there, you play a handful of plays. You do get kind of knocked around a little bit, but it, it you can last a really long time. And right now they're knocking down one point. He's knocking down one point two million a year. <laughs> Come on. That's, yeah. you know. So you know the decision on him, and if he leaves, they'll sign another guy. Look, we we thought, well, what are they going to do to to to, re- to replace McQuay, Jake McQuay? Well, okay, they okay. What are they going to you know LP will do? Yeah, you know, it's like they just they've rolled through them, and we haven't noticed because they've all been good. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Everybody else uh, that's on the list are are rotate role players, rotational guys, however you want to look at it. But you look at some of these names, let's just run down the whole list of the other guys and see if there's any of them you think they ought to keep or or, or whether they just should let them all go. First, you've got Dorrance Armstrong. Hmm. Then you've got Dante Fowler, Fowler. And it's worth mentioning that Armstrong is three years younger because they're both playing the same position. You've got Noah uh, Ibanagane, uh, who's gone. Look at I you. <laughs> as, he's, as he's walking out the door, we, we nail it. Look at that. We've, all uh, season we've been waiting for that. I would be shocked if he's back. Let's just face it. Jonathan Hankins. You're to say his name if he comes back. Jonathan Hankins, who technically was a starter, I think, at times, although he was in and out with injury. They're hoping Mozzie Smith develops. He could be a tough call. You've got Chuma Adoga, who could be part of the whole solution with the other offensive line people. Uh, You know, do you want to bring him back? Neville Gallimore, arguably his best season. And, you know, do you want to keep him or not? And we've already mentioned Rico Dowdle. They've got control over, but he could be there, you know, if, okay, we don't want to keep Tony. Let's just give Rico a run and let him be our view. So. So of that list, I've got one easy, one easy resign. I think you got to bring back Jonathan Hankins. Like, mm -hmm. 
you got to find other ways to improve your run defense, but he was the only part of your run defense that made any sense at all in 2023. I don't yeah. think other teams will value him as much in the free agent market as well. Yeah. So, and I believe I saw, I believe I saw on social media that he is interested in coming back, and he was playing for uh, close to the vet min- minimum. I yeah. Think. So uh, he's one, a sure one point three million. He's a surefire for me. Uh, a little bit tougher of a call is either Doran Armstrong or Dante. F- Dante Fowler go bye bye. Doran Armstrong potentially, depending on those numbers, um, I could yeah. make a case to bring him back. But it also is a question of what does the rest of my rotation look like? And, and then, I yeah. think with Armstrong, I want to say it also. If I think he might wait to test the open market. I think a lot of teams might look at him as a potential starter. And that's I, – I predict he's probably gone. So that one's like – I say tough call because eventually they're going to be put up against the wall to say, are you going to match this offer? And I don't think they will match it. So he ultimately goes, anybody I haven't mentioned, like I'm free, I'm fine with them going. Uh, Adoga, like, okay, I think we can get another Adoga on the free agent market. Uh, Rico – I am more on the side that you need to re-sign Rico. If nothing yeah. else, just have the insurance of knowing that you've got a viable back that you trust in case you bust out. Because, yes, running backs can be had in the fourth and fifth round, but there can be busts in those positions too. Like, running backs can bust as well. And you don't want to be in a position where you have a guy that's, like, completely non-viable, like they kind of did here this past season. Yeah. Running and I think they drafted – and after the uh, – because of the uh, – I think the uh, uh, the way the tender works, I'm not sure how, how it how it all works out. But on Rico, SpotRack has him at just basically a little over $2 million annual salary. I'd take that. That's fine. Frankly, frankly, I'm starting to lean towards, like, have a nice career, Tony, and Rico's the new RB1. That, that's fine with me until we find something in camp. They got Deuce Vaughn. He had an entire red shirt year, apparently, in 2023. If he Mal- can't make something happen next year. No, I Malik know he played, Dave. but he played a little bit, but it basically. I think Malik him. Davis might be more of a factor in that. Mm. You know, don't forget him. He's still under contract. Did kind of forget about him. Good call. Mm-hmm. Well, Lots of guys to consider. Uh, I think of that final list, you know, maybe only one of them. Jonathan Hankins, to me, is the guy that I'd definitely keep. Neville Gallimore, you know, love you. Great, great dude, but sayonara. So, yeah. I think we're comfortable with all those moves. We just made the team better, Tom. Yeah, well, and I will I will, I will, will say that depending on how the other things go, Doga might be an insurance piece. Mm-hmm. I can see him the- coming back as well. Like, I think he's gone, but I can see him coming back. Yeah, he's going to be cheap. He's not going to cost much. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. A look at the Cowboys' free agents to be, who will stay, who will go. Well, of course, we'll keep you updated on all that at bloggingtheboys.com. So make sure you're plugged in, subscribe to the YouTube channel, as we'll still be doing live shows weekly despite the season being over. So make sure you hit that up so you get the notifications when those are going live. For Tom, I'm Roy. Stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.